Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. All right, welcome back. Inside Sources, Marty Carpenter, Leah Murray, just coasting across the finish line here, right? That's right. Uh, it's been fun to sit and chat about some of the things going on across the state, across the country, and across the globe, really. We've been international in our scope today. But as we wrap up today, we want to talk a little bit more about higher education, a particular interest of yours because you work at Weber State University. Yeah, so let me declare my total conflict of interest. I am a college <laughs> professor. I have all the degrees, not all the degrees, right? But oh. I have a PhD, so I got the furthest, it's called a terminal degree that you can get in my field. Um, and I feel like higher education is a value add that is important for everyone. Yes. Right. So I would go to my, I, I'm going to die on that hill. <laughs> I'm going to fight on that all the time so that there is a value of higher education. We talked about this earlier in the show about students not knowing how much it's going to cost. And I, you know, I think one, universities shouldn't be deceptive. So let's like, but that should not happen. Right. And if the Congress can get regulations that makes universities not be deceptive, I'm all here for, you yeah. know, that happening. Um, but I think it is important for young people to be aware of the return on the investment, right? Yeah. Like that's what we talk about. And you all know I'm from Weber State, so I'll just tell you we're the best in Utah for return on investment, so it matters. And Marty, you went to Weber State, right? And the, I did. You said the reason I've you been liked a trustee it, at Weber State and, as well. So for a minute, you were this like, is a fairly pro Weber State. Right, you know, you so. were like my boss for yeah. a second there for a little bit, but um, but you said off the air, you said the reason you went was Weber State kind of met you where you were at. Yeah. And then got you out the door. Yeah. So go back to a much younger version of me with a full head of hair trying to decide where to <laughs> I go. I can't even imagine. Uh, I had been at UVSC for the first two years of my college education. They did not at the time have the degree I wanted, a communication degree. And I looked around and Weber State was a place I was encouraged to by friends to, to look at. And really one of the biggest draws was, hey, Weber State is not going to try to keep you here. They want you to come in. They'll lay out the classes you need to take. The classes are available for you to take them. You're not going to get stuck here an extra semester because I was looking at that time. How do I go from point A to point B? I want to get the paper and I want to get out and start a career and start making money and earning a living. Right. And so like return on investment was probably more important to, you know, at the time, what, 21-year-old Marty than, than it probably was to the 18-year-old version of me. Um, but I, I think if it's fair to say that right now universities, not just in Utah, but across the country are for the are more uh, likely to face that questioning from their consumers. What is the return on my investment? Tuition's high in most places. 
what am I going? To, what can I expect that I'll make? And really, that's a that's a good thing for consumers to be asking that question because you should expect that if I'm going to go put in this investment, I'm going to have a way to not only pay back whatever debt I have to take on to get that education, but that I'm in a position to go make money and have a, a good life after the fact. Yeah, and of course, I have to push back and say I consider them students, not consumers. <laughs> so we'll just say that, right? They but but I want them to be informed students, right? And if one of the things I care about is that they are critical thinkers, that means they are critical consumers of their education as well, right? So I think it's a fair point to say we want our students thinking about their life path, right? Um, But I still think, and I say this, right, knowing um, that yesterday a private school in upstate New York closed, you know, a school that I know friends were looking at. So I know that the pressure is on in higher education, meaning the students are just not as willing anymore, right, to say, I'm just going to go spend four years of my life finding myself, right? And I think I was the kind of student who at age 18 was so excited to get into Syracuse University and to attend. And I think a lot of students still are. Like people get into BYU and they're excited to go, right? There's still that. Um, But there are a lot of students who are thinking, right, what you did. But but, but most of them would say, if I'm trying to get a bachelor's degree, if I could do this in two years instead of four, I could still get the experience and – if, if I could do that, I would do that, right? So, they, right. And if not, then they're probably completely exempt somehow from market forces, meaning mom and dad are paying for everything and there's never any expectation of sort of what are you doing there? And it's, you know, becomes kind of a glorified day camp for 18 and 19 year old kids, <laughs> right. which is what you don't want it to be. Right. And so, Marty, let's talk about this for a second because you tease and you say it's the Harvard, right? Yeah. Like a lot. The Harvard of Weber County. The Harvard sure. of Weber County. Um, but my question is but Harvard still has value. Right. So prestige and going to a university, even if I weren't sure what I wanted to be when I grew up. So maybe and by the way, I'm just going to push back and say there's no expiration date on choices and choices could change. And the most important thing I think a college degree does for you is allow you the latitude and the agility to be able to change your mind. Right. So I love how you're like, I went in to do this, this and this. But that's not the job you're doing. Now. I do a completely different job. That's now. right. right. <laughs> So thank goodness you had all those courses that annoyed you um, to make it available. Not all, all of them. Not, the not, no, I'm not going to say thanks for all of the courses that annoyed me because I still don't think I use math beyond like an eighth grade level in most of my everyday life. And so most of what I paid for and had to suffer through as far as math classes didn't actually have okay. any kind of benefit to me other than I just could show I could do something difficult. Okay. But I had other ways I could show that. you get the right that. answer at the end of the book, right? A little bit maybe. Yeah. So, but, the, but the point is by having that base of information mm-hmm. – you were able to move. Yes. Right? When the exact thing you thought you wanted to be when you grew up at the age of 21 that you were so sure was going to be the thing you did for the rest of your life turned out not to be true. Right? Like a college education does that for you. And then I think the question is making sure we do that in such a way that students aren't coming out – Underwater, right? Because there are other things you want to do as a grown up, right? So you want to have this job. You also want to buy a house, maybe own a car, right? All these other things you have to be able to do. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind 
only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Um, but also, right, to, to be able to embrace the learning? I don't know. Am I just too corny for that? Your face <laughs> makes me think, baby, I'm totally wrong. Well, look, I think that I would never say that there's there's obviously a lot of value, and value comes in different forms for different people, right? And I think if there's – just in our discussions leading up to today's show and, and in commercial breaks today, we've realized that, like, we both – came from completely different backgrounds yeah. in many ways and approached college in completely different ways. Uh, everything from like, how were you going to pay for it to what were you trying to get out of it? Yeah. You know, you, you were, were much more in sort of like, I want a college experience. I think right. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. No, but that's I think kind that's of what exactly you've expressed right. Yep. To me. And I was, I would have loved that too. But the reality was what I'm really here to do is I, I got a goal. I know what I want to do professionally. Um, there are a few boxes that I have to check here that I know will not have no implication into whether or not I can do that job. So I got to get those out of the way. And then I want to try to do what I can to learn. And really one of the biggest values I got from college was a network of people. You know, that I met people in school who've helped me in my career beyond college. And that has made it worth every, you know, every penny. No, and can I just like hammer that point home wherever you go to college, right, is – the people that you know open all the doors, right? Yeah. And so, of course, at the Walker Institute, like I'm going to also preach internships, open all the doors, right? Like that that what college does is not just give you the math class that annoyed you, right? Although, come on, it's not like it's hard. Um, but also gives you the people that you know, the people that you call, the people that you rely on as you go out to make your way in the world, right? So folding this in on itself, like the reason we were chatting about this is Marty has a child who is looking at college. And so now you're thinking about it. I have an adult now. That's what I had, an 18-year-old adult. She's no longer a child because she's 18. Um, But you're now kind of looking at this from the other end, right? So it's not just, wow, this will be so exciting. It is also, oh my gosh, right? She's heading out into the world. Right, and trying to decide not really know, knowing specifically in a way different than her dad, right? Like I've said, right. I knew I wanted to go do this, and, he, and I went and did that, and then sort of evolved into something different as time went on. But watching her say, "Yeah, I'm not really sure what I want to do," you know, what's the best way to go about this? Well, is the best way to say, "Let's take on either some debt, or let's go put you in school and pay for tuition." while you figure it out for two years, because then at least you're two years closer to a degree once you figure it out? Or is the best way to go get some work experience? And, you know, everything, everyone's path, I suppose, can be different. And so even when you say, even when I make the point, hey, a network is a really great thing to get in college, well, you can go work somewhere and start to meet people. And those people actually are in a position where they've either hired you or are working and will go on to where they can hire you more quickly, theoretically, than people you go to school with. So, like, Everyone's got their own path, and that that's my chance to be corny and say, like, <laughs> here's what can be good for you. Now, I'm glad I've got a college degree. Don't get me wrong. And I, I, right. I'm really glad that I went to Weber State and that it all has worked out the way that it has. But it, it, there's certainly some shifts in the marketplace about what businesses are looking for or requiring, whereas when I went to school, it was like if you don't get a college degree, it closes the door to all these jobs, even though I can argue, especially on the flip side of it, I didn't really need a college degree to right. do the day-to-day of what that job was. Right. No, and I think that's such an important point, right? And we had the conversation about the New York Times just a few segments earlier in the, the 
of people going on strike. And the answer is, right, like, so media is in a crunch, except the New York Times is doing pretty okay. And so the employees yeah. are like, give us some on that bank. Um, higher ed's in a crunch. You have to be agile, yeah. right? So the reason why the New York Times maybe is doing okay is because they moved smartly, right? Yeah. And so the hope is that higher ed kind of realizes this is where our students are. We have to meet them where they're at and not expect that everyone just wants a four-year experience. Yeah. Well, I guess we've solved the problem. Yes, we solved <laughs> We came the to a resolution. College is a good thing still. It's fine. But that doesn't – I think it's fair to say that it's important for institutions of higher education to really examine the return on investment they get. And, by the way, within those institutions, that can differ from degree to degree. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind, only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.